peeps. <laughs> hello. What's hello. Going on? hello. This is the couch series. Corinne and I are getting cozy in 2023. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the first time oh, I've yeah. said it out loud. And it feels strange getting cozy? on my tongue. No, 2023. Oh, 2023. I was like, getting cozy. That's That should be our theme that, of the year, right? Yeah, getting comfortable. It's about health, getting comfortable, mental wellness. And so sometimes <laughs> certain days you're like, I just want to record from the couch. So <laughs> Yeah, and here we are. Here we are. I laughed so hard. So as I was flying back from South Africa, which was incredible, and I'll talk about that in a second, but as I was flying back, we got an email from our listener. I believe I might be pronouncing their name incorrectly, but from Litha. And it was Litha's email said a tarot reading for Sabrina. And I'm just going to. Ooh. You might want to hold your ooze for a second because. Oh, shoot. I was about to say we've gotten a lot of comments and a lot of support and a lot of kind, kind messages from people. For you, oh. because you opened up and were so vulnerable on our first episode of the year. Thanks. And it just, yeah, it's nice to see, obviously, that the support extends beyond yeah. just me and the people that you, you like, can physically touch or, or call on the phone. It's everybody. Yeah. I will say I feel very supported by this community, and that's why I felt comfortable talking about it. And also, you know what? Like, taking care of your mental health is a... A freaking awesome thing to do, and I'm very proud yeah, of myself it's not for doing it. At all. Also, Corinne, that exactly. water is that water that is the biggest freaking jug in the world. Thanks. <laughs> I keep calling it the guzzler. It's actually called the thirst quencher. Oh, it's a uh, Stanley. All the all the girls on TikTok oh, I was say have all it. The, like cool people have it. This is from my oh, there you go, bachelorette. That's from your bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, one of my goals in 2023 is to actually drink the amount of water I'm supposed to, which is so. What? This is helping me a gallon a day or something like that. A gallon. So I have like two or three or three or four of these. It's which bigger than your I'm head. I'm proud of you. Yeah, it's heavy. This is my workout of the, of the year too. <laughs> of the year, just lifting this thing. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the litha email it says a tarot reading for sabrina i was going to post this on tiktok in the hopes that you would see it and then something happened during the recording and i decided to upload it privately and download it and send it to you your most recent episode about 2023 predictions i was at 13 minutes and i got an intuitive hit i was just reflecting on some things and decided to pull cards for sabrina on the fly and then, I don't know, just let me know what you think. I laughed my butt off after <laughs> I stopped recording recording for a good long while. But Sabrina, focus on the last card. And it's like a seven-minute long video, Corinne. I watched the entire thing, and I am I was dying because Litho basically, like, the first three cards she pulled was, like, the Nine of Swords, the Ten of Swords, and the Death card. And she was cackling. Always! Always. Yes. And Litha was cackling and was like, you know what? You're you're going through the hardest part of your life. Like I also went through my Saturn return when I was like 29. And but like you will overcome this. The death is rebirth. Like, don't worry about it. And then Litha was like, I'm just gonna pull another card for you. And <laughs> guess what card <laughs> Litha pulls? The nine of swords again. <laughs> okay. That's I was just about to say. <laughs> and then I guess the deck has a nine of swords, another card, but it's like it says everything will be or everything is fine. And Litha was like, I'm just going to pull another one. Like, this is not right. Like, I'm going to pull one more. 
and Litha pulls that nine of swords, everything is fine card. And then Litha's like, okay, you know what? We're gonna do we're gonna do a three-card pull. And we're just gonna pretend that this is what we were trying to do from the beginning. And then I think it was I got Queen of Cups, but I I was cackling. Well, it's like so many of your readings too, where the first time people pull three cards, they're like, mm, let me pull another one. And it's like every time you try to yeah. pull another one, it's like, it's like okay, uh, let, me pull, let me pull one more. <laughs> oh, man. It is something else. I still think that we should make the sash. Remember I was saying we should make a – I was joking that we should make a like a birthday girl or or a, a bachelorette. Yeah. Sash that says it's my Saturn return. Oh, I think – I really do think we should do I that. I think I should wear it for the entire – duration of my Saturn return while we are recording. Yeah. I okay. I'm gonna look I'm gonna look at how easy these custom things are to customize. Made, I'm sure someone has an yeah, Etsy oh, shop out there. For sure. Custom made sashes. It's my Saturn return. I'm gonna sash around <laughs> town with my Saturn return. You know what? We should make sh- we should uh, make sweatshirts. Oh we should Okay, by the time this comes out, we're going to have them. We can turn this around quick. We can. We should, okay, instead of it's my Saturn return, it should be something like, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure out what the good phrasing is, but you know how like, it's like bl- blame it on the Saturn return or something. We're going to come up with something. We can, okay. it, we can even okay. say I'm in my Saturn return. Don't. In my Saturn return. Don't fuck Just with me. in my Saturn return. <laughs> there we go. And like a nice fun font. Yeah, very, yeah, very That's fun. It. Yeah, my, but like a little bit understated, you know, someone's just like coming up, they don't really know what the sweatshirt is. And then they, once they then, read it, they're like, well, probably a lot of people are going to be like, what does that mean? Yeah. And then that's when you can. We rock. should have the planet Saturn in it in some way. Oh, okay. We're going to have to get creative. This is what we have <laughs> designers for. Because <laughs> we can't do that. Oh, we probably could, but I it know. would be a little bit more difficult. Shout out to Macy, who's designed yeah, our, all of our stuff Macy's for the past like the four months. Yeah. I was going to say something about that. Oh, a friend of mine has a sweatshirt, and I can't remember what it says on the front, but it's something, like, funny about crying. And then it on the, like, sleeve part says, "Tears, wipe tears here. T- wipe tears yeah. here. Yes, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, it's great. So many good options. Oh, this is Two Girls, oh One gosh. Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. And I'm Hello? Sabrina, and I really couldn't figure out my shadow situation today. So now we're just going to be little ghosties. It's the couch series. Oh, I like that, though. You should you should figure out how to to do little puppet shadow hands. What if my shadow and starts do something moving fun and cool by itself? <gasps> oh. Oh. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. That. I'd love it. <sighs> there was a trend on TikTok <laughs> where like a year ago where it was the audio that went she must have been out of her head and it was like really dark yeah sort of script and audio and people were who were amazing at editing were taking videos of them singing the two parts but with their reflection in the mirror so it'd be like them singing and it'd be like ah 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 oh and then the person the, the version of them in the mirror would turn and be like here we go. It was so <gasps> oh, creepy, creepy, but I loved it. I wish I was, was good so at good. editing like that. I know. Me too. We need We're to creative hire... in a different way. I know. Like I have the ideas and I'm like, okay, I can this I can visualize it, but in practice, I can't execute. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Who Although, wants to be our video? Like we just took a class. 
A TikTok class? <laughs> a master class? <laughs> Do you think they'll start having those? A master class for It'll TikTok? Like, oh, I'm sure there's going to be a marketing on TikTok class. Okay. In universities now. 1,000% because that's how it – those perform really well yeah. these days. Corinne and I, I will think. be the first, first applicants for that class. Sign us up. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about my newfound passion, which is – well, actually, there's a lot of newfound passions, and I told you South this. South Africa? Corinne, well, <laughs> yes, but specifically botany and the study of, like, bees – Yes. Okay. One thing that I learned that this is so fascinating when we were on the safari, our safari guide. So first of all, shout out to Lion Sands Game Reserve. It was incredible. And Gus and no and Noel, who were our guides and our tracker. But Gus was telling us that like the trees are so smart and they communicate to each other. And we've talked about this before, Corinne. But when the mm-hmm. animals are eating like the, the leaves – for example, giraffes. Say giraffes are eating the leaves off of one tree. The tree is basically like, okay, I'm being eaten. And in order for me to sustain, I need to have nutrients. And like, I can't have this animal eat all of my nutrients. So it releases a like tannins to the leaves and makes them taste bad so that the giraffes leave and they're like oh i don't like this taste and they move to the next tree but the tree that released the tannins basically communicates to all the trees it's connected to saying hey giraffes are eating me meaning they're coming to you next and all of the trees around it in the like ecosystem start to release tannins so the giraffes don't eat them oh my gosh that's so fascinating isn't that i didn't know that about the leaves yeah. I mean, I know plants do that. A lot yeah. of plants they'll like release some sort of secretion or tannins or whatever it is to make themselves not taste great. But I didn't realize that the trees communicated in that way. I know that yeah. when there's a tree that's sick or dying, that other trees will help support it by sending some of their nutrients to it. Unless like trees have behaviors. I know. Unless there's a tree that's just been continually selfish mm-hmm. and is a bad tree in the ecosystem. Bad tree. We don't, and then... Yeah. We they abandon together. Yeah. Yeah. They abandon that tree. And so that might be an old fallen tree that you see. It was a selfish one. A selfish and nobody tree. wanted to help it That's because a good it was just children's book. T- the selfish tree. Oh, the selfish tree. Well, I mean, it's kind of the giving tree a little bit. Okay. It's like the reverse. Yeah. Well, it's about teaching. <laughs> the child was selfish. Yeah. But then teaching how to share. Okay. TM. TM, TM, TM. TM. I also, I learned so many facts. I felt like a child seeing the world for the first time. The amount of questions I was asking about everything. We did this tour. We were staying at this winery called Babylonsteren in the Franchuk mm-hmm. area of South Africa. And it's one of the most amazing, beautiful places I've ever stayed. Um, we did a f- garden tour with um, this guy, Arne, who is, I think he studied got a master's in entomology in like insects and bees specifically. Mm-hmm. And he was so smart about bees and there's one type of bee in i I mean i can go on like i feel like i need to start a podcast about the stuff that i learned in south africa because i'm nerding out about it and it's so freaking (laughs) cool but there's one type of bee in i think it might be the cape town bee bumblebee that when the queen dies there are certain females that can basically make themselves the queen Mm -hmm. which is like so cool and um, what else? There were there were so many plant things. Um, 
It's also so cool when bees migrate to a new hive, like when they find a new hive or have to find a new queen, there are certain searcher bees that will go out. I also know a lot about bees. <laughs> and actually my, my, the big joke the, for the past seven years, my aunt and every gift she gives me, she puts something bee related uh. because I had a big, I had a big bee phase. <laughs> I think you're about to go through your bees. Your I bee really phase, am Sabrina. bee phase 2023. <laughs> Yeah. But what's really cool is like the bee who scavenged the new spot for them to go migrate to this new hive will come back and we'll do like the little dance, you know, like go around in circles and wiggle yeah, its butt dance. to say yeah. like, here's where we're going, ladies. And then the other bees around it will watch it and then they will memorize that path and then go and do the dance so that eventually everybody in the hive knows where they're going. It's they like so continue cool. the message. It really They're is. They're so smart. And also... Bees are cool. Bees are just a beautiful sentiment and reminder of, like, women empowerment. I don't know. I feel very connected yeah. to bees. I mean, they straight up mate and murder. Mate Get and murder. out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> mate and murder. <laughs> that is a good podcast title, Mate and Murder. Yep. Yep. All about bees. <laughs> Wait, actually, I was on this. People are going to be like, cool, new true crime. And it's just like, we love bees. <laughs> I was on the safari. And of course, you know, I'm asking all these questions. I'm asking about like the animals and like the, you know, the hierarchy and who kills who and who eats who and all this stuff. And then I go, Gus, so have there been any murders in Kruger National Park? <laughs> and everyone was like, <laughs> Okay, where is this going? Because you're, we were, like, with, we want to just learn about zebras, and you're like, tell me about the murders. So murders. <laughs> I was like, you know, I grew up in New Jersey near the Pine Barrens, and that's a big mafia body dumping ground. Oh my god, I wonder if Gus lost, thought of me, but anyway, I, I, I was like, so you know, like <laughs> I was just thinking, left you, you stood out. <laughs> I was like, I'm just thinking, like I feel like this would be a really good place to dump a body. I mean, the animals, I mean, hyenas would for sure come and eat the bodies, and then there would be nothing left of the body. Like what? Oh, brilliant! Hyenas also vultures, like those things. Those vultures. things go hard. <gasps> oh my god, we we found vultures all in one place, and. It basically, they were all eating the afterbirth, and we truly saw an elephant that was born 10 minutes prior, which is so freaking cool. Like a baby, baby, fresh baby oh elephant that was, couldn't like really stand on its own feet yet. Oh, it was so cool. So cute. I know. But apparently there have not murders. been any specific murders known because the bodies are probably all missing. Um, yeah. But Well, let's hope that that's true. Let's hope that, that there aren't any murders, but. Yeah, you're right. right. It's a good place to just a good place. And then Gus was like, dump your evidence. Gus was like, well, I think it would be kind of hard to bring a body into the national park. You might have to like pre-plan. So I think he was on board with all this stuff. Not on board, but like was like, okay, I get you. He, he, yeah, he's, he's like, going to go home and he's going to start a journal how to get away with murder yeah. in this national park. <laughs> he's like, I think you'd have to like bring the person in with you and then like they never come out kind of thing. Mm. Mm. And then we were having this big dinner with our group because we were with. Um, a mom and daughter from Germany and a couple from Italy. And so there were six of us total and then our guide and tracker. And we were all having dinner and I started telling ghost stories. And this the German mother was like, I just, you seem so sweet and innocent. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, those are the ones you least expect. That's the best compliment. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah. thank you. 
<laughs> the darkness lurks beneath the skin. You're just there in your cute outfit, having asked all about bees, and then suddenly you're like, so, Menace. darkness, death, murder, murder, ghosts, maiden murder. Let's put a murder. Uh, but yes, it was very, very cool. I'm glad you had so much fun. It was very fun. The pictures were amazing. The food looked delicious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was when you made bread and you put a bunch of garlic in it. Oh, wow. That looked hell, good. Yeah. I ate well. I ate good. I feel like in addition to it's my Saturn return sweatshirt, we need I'm in my B phase or like I'm a green witch. I'm in my green witch phase because I, I, I'm like about to endeavor into green the world witch of botany. Vibes. Green witch vibes. Mm. Green witch vibes. There we go. Doing another Snaps one. Snaps for green witch vibes. It, this is the uh. year of of uh, of okay. exploring our, our I'm gifts. actually so excited you're saying this because these are things that I have, as you know, brought up a few times where I'm like, yes. oh, I want to lean into plants. I want to lean into all of this. And so I tend to fall on on like having the personality where I feel I fill it up with other things and then I don't have time to do the things yeah. that I like really feel passionate about doing, but having you as a partner in this and for you and I to like learn it together and call each other and do like learn it. Okay. Let's get as one, the same book and start like, like let's have botany class. We'll read and okay. then have discussions about the chapters and what we think and we'll start studying plants. Like, I just want to be the, that person who can go out in the wilderness and know what every plant is and be like, mm. I got you. We'll survive. Don't worry. Yes. Herbivores for, yeah. for life kind of thing. Me too. Especially because even if you think you know the basics, you don't, you don't. because there's so many plants there's that so mimic other plants. plants. Like, you think you're just about to go get some mu good mushrooms or some carrots, but psych, you're dead. Dead. There's so many things that, oh, I've tried looking sometimes that we really have to get good at studying this because when you look at photos, the side by side of certain plants, it's sometimes so almost like indistinguishable yeah. what is poisonous and what's not. And you have to, if you don't have the book in front of you to like hold it out and say, okay, which one does it match more with? Not that, I mean, I don't not know that why we're I'm really going to like, be, doing be this. in the apocalypse, <laughs> like Oh, we really got to play in Sabrina. We got to learn this or we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll learn it. Already. It's this year. That's what we are going to do. Um, okay. Okay. I have been excited to do and cover this place for a very long time because back in Campfire Stories 9, way back then, our listener Ken told us about this place and I wrote it down back then and said, Sabrina, mental note, girl, you're going to cover this one day. So let me start by asking you a question, Corinne. And this is a question oh. that I could never answer because it does not apply to me at all. But I think it does apply to you and many of our listeners. Do you, Corinne, or do you, all of our listeners, ever just crave a juicy, meaty steak? Yes, I do. Well, what if I told you you could get this delicious steak cooked in any way that you would like? Rare, medium rare, medium, well done. Whatever you would like, whatever satisfies your taste buds with a side helping of paranormal activity. <gasps> Sign me the hell up. Sign me up. I want up. some truffle butter on my peppercorn steak. Yep. Or maybe some Wagyu beef. That's my order. 
Wagyu beef. And then some ghosts. Ghosts. Side of ghosts. Side of ghosts. This also might be like an entree of ghosts. But anyway, this is the most haunted restaurant in Toronto, Canada. It is called Keg Mansion. And like I said, it's in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And before I get into the story, I wanted to give a trigger warning. There is mention of suicide in this story. It doesn't come until later. And I will give another trigger warning before I share that part of the story. But I wanted to, ahead of time, let everyone know. Also, I would like to take a second to set an intention. Not that the story has any negative necessarily portrayal of entities in any way, but I do think it's important maybe moving forward, Corinne, in 2023 that we set positive intentions as we talk about ghost stories because as we've learned and as we've unfortunately experienced in the month of October, sometimes we open up doors that we don't mean to. And so to prevent that from happening moving forward, I would like to take this moment to say, hello, ghosts of the world. It's me, your pal Sabrina, your girlfriend Sabrina or Corinne. I almost said Sabrina twice, and we love you. It's the Sabrinas. It's the Sabrinas. <laughs> this year, my name is Sabrina. That's just how it's going to be. This is what the problem with me like finding self worth and confidence. It's like everything's about me, <laughs> as it should be. Because for so long, I I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but I'm here for it. I support this. Thank you. Okay, we love you. We appreciate you. We, you do your thing, but don't do it here. This is our safe space. Oh, I feel like I'm doing that. This is my no-no zone. This is <laughs> hey, my no-no stop. zone. Please do not join into this zone. Ghosts, we love you, but this is a safe space, positive space. Nothing dark mm-hmm. is loud here. And we are badass, strong-ass women, so don't mess with us. Yeah, we're basically bees. So if you mess Buzz with us. Buzz off. That was good. <laughs> buzz off. So buzz off. Okay. Oh, that I could be love myself. Sweatshirt. Yeah. That's where we say in our B phase and then on the sleeve it says buzz off. <laughs> we are entrepreneurs. We're going to start a fashion line. <laughs> God, I love us. Okay. Confidence. Yay. <laughs> I have not slept Yay. in a long time. Uh, okay. So, Jet lag, baby. The Keg Manor is tucked very nicely into downtown Toronto. It is a gorgeous manor that I would absolutely die to live in. And if I died, I could live in it because their ghosts are welcome. It's more of a castle than a manor. It's Victorian, gothic looking and has mm. it's a it's a very like it would be a apropos place for the Adams family to live. Mm-hmm. It looks haunted ghosts living there makes sense i will show you a photo well this is i dare anyone to send us a castle that is gothic style or just an old victorian or any castle that doesn't look haunted because i think they all do you see it oh yeah we'll insert Mm -hmm. it as well but and there's like vines growing up it it's beautiful there's a turret Mm. i mean it just castle vibes Okay, can I just really quick go off on one tangent before uh, you start? Absolutely. Which is, I have so badly for many, many years dreamed of having a house that has the vines, the ivy, whatever, that goes up it. (sighs) After living in Boston and hearing the horror stories from people who have lived in buildings like that. The bugs. You don't want that because you basically can't open your windows because all the bugs and rats 
and everything live there. So if you've dreamed yeah. of having a red brick townhouse with wisteria crawling up the side, think twice unless you want to befriend the local critters. Yeah, not my thing. But it, it also is in my dream house list because of Madeline. Do you remember those books? Yes. The Orphanage. Anyway. Definitely read them, but didn't stick with me. Yeah. That house is like my dream house or that orphanage is my dream house. (laughs) (laughs) Strange things that no one should say. Okay. So as we usually do, I'm going to begin with a little bit of history and then dabble into the spiritual realm. I guess a little less of a dabble and more of like a plunge feet first into the paranormal. Mm The Keg Mansion was originally built in 1867 by Arthur McMaster. It was Jarvis Street, which at the time was one of the wealthiest parts of Toronto. It was just like oozing money. It was a showy display of riches. There were manors, mansions, castles. It didn't look anything like Toronto looks like now. It was very much Mm -hmm. more of a wealthy, somewhat suburbia, if you will. Okay. There was a lot more land in Toronto at this time. It was not occupied by the towering buildings that currently exist. This manor was built upon many acres and the landscape was a vital part of the home. So there were large gardens, lots of flora, lots of fauna, probably lots of bees. It was a thriving environment and beautiful. And it was built as a residence with a casual 26 rooms. 26. 26. Um, It had 17 fireplaces, a stable, and a large carriage house. And I feel like, and this is a nod to you, Corinne, because I feel like you kind of started to do this, and this is a cough, cough, please continue to do this. I really need a Zillow Gone Wild for Haunted Manors because I I Mm. just love looking at the interiors of all these beautiful places. And when I, I know. hear, I started, I did two, and then I stopped. I know. And when I hear twenty six, be- like twenty six rooms, I'm just so curious. What does one do with twenty six rooms? Like one guest bedroom, I totally get. I'm on board. But what? I don't know that I would know what to do with twenty six rooms. Let alone, how do you furnish twenty six rooms? And picture this. Okay, it's a dark and stormy night. Okay, and you hear a noise from within Great. your house. You don't just have a few rooms to check to see if you're safe. Yep, you have so many. And how, after checking all those rooms, do you even know that you're safe in the end? Because what if somebody slipped past you or hid in another room while you were checking out the other room? Like, it's just, unless you have an awesome security yeah. camera in every single room, I would be shitting myself if I lived in a house I'm terrified big. in my, like, in my little apartment, one bedroom apartment. I'm terrified. Yeah, same. <laughs> I would not not do well. (laughs) Yeah, I would need security, like cameras in every single Mm -hmm. room. Gosh, I would would be scared. Same. Lock myself in one bedroom. We're the worst people to be doing a ghost story podcast. People are probably like rolling their eyes at us. Like, what are you even doing? (laughs) Who are you? (sighs) Who gave you this microphone? (laughs) Amazon did. Bitches. Amazon. (laughs) I'm testing out a new one today, so hopefully it sounds okay. Lovely. Okay. So Arthur and his family lived in the home until 1882 when it was then bought by Hart Massey, who was a prominent Canadian businessman known for agricultural advancement. Off of plants. Well, and on to buildings. Kind of agricultural advancements. Still plants. And if I am going to study botany, I need to know how to say agricultural. 
I thought you were trying to say architectural. I, I know. That is how confusing the words, the thing that came <laughs> out of my mouth was. Okay, moving on. I'm going to be, from now on, I'm going to be the most incredible storyteller. Knock on wood. <laughs> okay, so Hart and his wife were previously li- living in Cleveland and decided to mosey on back to Canada. And they saw this beautiful manor, which at the time did not have a specific name. And they saw the 26 bedrooms and they were just tickled pink and decided to purchase the home. And the Masseys became one of the most influential and prominent families in Toronto, Canada. Canada's first ever concert hall was actually named after them, Massey Hall. And they also added to the home. So they basically castleized the house is my terminology that I came up with. Like they added the Tourette. They added the veranda and the greenhouse and Mm – Then the home was inherited by Hart Massey's daughter, Lillian Massey. And Lillian was a goddamn boss woman. Um, Or as my new favorite song, A Witch, a woman in total control of herself. And it's, keep in mind, it's late 1800s, early 1900s. And Lillian is the keeper of the home. She handles all the finances. She handles literally everything, the entire estate of this home, which was very rare of the time. And so a lot of people were questioning, why does Lillian get to do this? She also kept her last name and just like added on her husband's last name. And her children took her last name. And I'm like, boss, hell yeah. Yeah. I just love it. Yes. You don't often hear stories like that. No, I just, I mean. From that time period. To each their own. Like everyone can do what they want. But I just think um, it's awesome. I think that's great. And she demanded respect. She was like, I know my worth. She I'm on the Lillian Massey journey right now. That's my new sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm like, too many. We've t- our collection is huge. Yeah. It's never a new ending. one for every day. Every day of the week, we have a different one you can wear. <laughs> I, am, I am also in my oversized sweatshirt phase. So um, that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So snaps for Lillian because she's a boss. She is go, girl. accredited with naming the manor Euclid Hall, and that's what it went by until – What is it? Euclid Hall. E-U-C-L-I-D. Hall. Okay. Um, her children went on to carry the Massey name. Vincent Massey was the governor general of Canada in 1952 and helped establish the National Library of Canada and the Canada Council of Arts. Snaps for – what is his name? Vincent. And then Raymond Massey was an Oscar-nominated actor, and he played Abe Lincoln in the 1940 movie Abe Lincoln in Illinois. Snaps for Raymond. Snaps for the the Masseys. Macy's? Masseys. (laughs) As time passed, Toronto naturally became, like, as we know, it's, you know, more of a bustling city, and it attracted a larger population, became a metropolis. These, you know, businesses were flooding the city these buildings were being built and it just simply was too crowded for the massey family and they decided to move outside of the city and in 1915 the manor was gifted to the university of toronto's victoria college it served as a radio station an art gallery a restaurant called julie's mansion and was home to the bombay bicycle club And then the building was sold and the grounds were pretty much demolished. And this makes me so, so, so sad because the greenhouse was demolished. And now basically right in front of the house is a gas station. And I'll show you a picture. Um, Ugly. I know. It's basically disappearing into the urban jungle 
So you can see. That's the gas station in the manner you can see behind with the, the big <sighs> building. That is tower. so depressing. I know. It is sad. Um, There's some photographer, and I can't remember the name of who it is, but they basically did a photography project where they they did that. They took historic photos of mm-hmm. beautiful buildings like the Keg Mansion or Manor, whatever it's called, and then showed what it looked like then and what it looks like now. And Interesting. It, you just so much character, so much charm all ripped away I know. because of the the 80s. Curse all the buildings from the 80s. I know. And 90s and 70s. God, I hated that period. I do. I will say that for the most part, the, the manor has been restored and also just maintained, which I think is great. It's just now it mm-hmm. exists inside this big city and um, is it just, you know, it doesn't have the same charm as it once yeah. did. Right. So we were snapping for the Masseys. Okay. Gas station. So basically the home's starting to slowly disappear within the urban jungle, a piece of history fading into the past. In 1976, the manor was purchased and the interior was significantly remodeled and it opened its doors as the Keg Restaurant and officially was renamed the Keg Mansion. The Keg, I didn't realize this because I just didn't know this. The Keg is pretty much a chain restaurant that exists in Canada and some parts of the United States. Mm. It was founded by George Tidball in 1971 in North Vancouver And his mission was to elevate the everyday for their guests by surrounding them with great food and good times. And they became synonymous with the phrase, see you tonight. Like, see you tonight at keg. Oh, wow. They were a big deal then. Yeah. To say, see you tonight. You just knew where. And then everyone knows where you're. Wow. Yeah. I would like to, I would like to go there and have an elevated experience as a guest. Yeah. I think we got to have, we uh, need to venture up to Canada. Yes. I think there are some in the United States. I'm not sure where. It reminds me a bit of like Houston's, like that hmm. that chain. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. It's like an upscale chain. It's like not quite TGI Fridays, but it's not. It's not Texas Roadhouse. No, it's not. Or is it Texas Roadhouse? I don't know. I've never been. I don't even know what Texas Roadhouse is. <laughs> Anywho. Clearly, if we can't find <laughs> something we both know. <laughs> Quick, name every chain that you know. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, Welcome to Chili's. <laughs> As someone who worked at a TGI Fridays, I just, I think of, like, I, I that is my frame of reference for restaurants, and I know that that's probably not a good frame of reference. I didn't know you worked for one. I did. I was... Um, in high school? In high school and summers, after, like, during college while I went home. Mm-hmm. How did I not know this about you? Because I probably didn't want to share that with anyone. <laughs> Um, no, it was, I really liked it. Although the person who trained me got arrested on the job because she was stealing money from the store. Were you there when it happened? Yes. And when she trained me, she basically told me like, hey, do this, like you get more tip. And it was what she was doing and got arrested for. And I'm glad I did not listen to her. Yeah. Anywho, back to George and the keg. So George, who was the owner and started the keg, Basically sold out in the 1980s because, like, money, you know. Mm-hmm. In the 1980s, this was also just fascinating. I thought it was really cool. They The keg established what has become a tradition known as the keg cup. And all it's basically an all-staff drinking Olympics, which I think is so fun. What? Yeah. Like, every location? I think so. 
I couldn't find – I was trying to find specifics and I don't know – I did end up finding an article or like a review of the company that said something about people getting drunk and it was maybe not a great situation and so perhaps they put mm-hmm. a kibosh on it. I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> on the keg website though, it still says that like the keg cup is a tradition. So I don't know. The company kept growing and in 1976, they opened the keg mansion – which is the place that I am talking about right now, located at 515 Jarvis Street, Toronto, Ontario. By the 2000s, there were over 100 locations of the keg, many of which, which this is, I think is very cool, were constructed within historic buildings and made into very unique Mm. spaces. And we love repurposing of old historic buildings here at TGRG. Big fans. It's like all of those fancy McDonald's that exist in Europe. Uh, Yes. Right? Yes. There are people. Okay, so you know how like McDonald's technically has a different menu in every country? Yes. Nick was like, what if I became one of those people who wants to try McDonald's in every country? And I was like, I don't know that I could support that. <laughs> that that's the trouble bucket list. I mean, but also that would be a pretty epic show. Like if it you would ever be. got a television show or like a travel journal list that focuses yeah. only on McDonald's menus Listen. every country if mcdonald's wants to pay us well nick because i'm not gonna eat it i'll eat the non-meat items to go travel the world to taste the different menus i will absolutely do that 100 <laughs> percent. so then in 2015 i mean this truly has like nothing to do with ghosts but i just read it and so i was like i'm just gonna share all the facts that i learned uh, in 2015, a bunch of animal rights activists actually stormed the keg mansion claiming that the restaurant was serving dog meat which they weren't, but the group basically was like, we want to cause disruption in society. And if like they, if people are resistant to eating dog meat, why do they eat any animal meat? Animal meat? Which, uh, you know, listen, I'm a vegetarian, so I totally get the message, but I'm also under the belief that everyone should make their own decision. And I am not the person I can't put, I don't want to put my own opinions on anyone else. Like my decisions to not eat meat and the world to do whatever they want. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many cultures too that yeah. have so much value in, in all of these rituals and practices around certain types of meat. Like I'm just thinking about like so many of the Inuit communities and how they harvest and and dry beluga and stuff like that. Yeah. You can't just tell everyone no. But I get, yeah, I'm with you. I get what they were trying to do. They thought they were doing a good thing. Many people do think that they were doing a good thing, but their execution and their expectation of what came out of it probably didn't align. Yes. Can I real quick tangent for a second? Because this is Mm -hmm. a very important message, I believe. And it made me really, really sad. So one day in Kruger, we did like a a bush walk. So you, we parked the Jeep and kind of walked through the national park which is just so wild yeah that's scary what if a lion came they didn't but apparently the the animals are <laughs> the not, answer is they didn't they, so I'm didn't, they didn't i mean we weren't terribly far from the car and the guide has a weapon in case of emergency yeah but we were safe. Anyway, this was really, really sad. We were walking and I look and I see like skeletal remains and I was just like, are those bones? And they were massive, like massive, massive bones. And he was like, yep. And we walk over and this is so devastating. They were rhino um, remains. And Hmm. he went on to tell us that 
every day they lose three rhinos to poachers. And there is a terrible, terrible poaching problem around the world in general because people are killing rhinos for their horns, which... I thought they were injecting them with pink dye, though, so that so no. Poachers- so what they do in Lion Sands Reserve or Sabi Sands is the the bigger um, reserve is they will come in and um, basically like put them to sleep and then saw off their horn so that poachers won't come and take like kill them to take them. But the horns mm-hmm. grow back; it's like hair and nails. Right so to me, it's, it's keratin. Yeah, it's so it's so one. People are so dumb. Like, logically, why kill the animal to take something once when it regrows? Like, how dumb? And, like, these animals are now going extinct because of it. It's just so sad to me and just makes me so furious that someone could just go – who – it just makes me so sad. Anyway, I just – I am now a rhino activist. And that's a phase that everyone should live in forever. It's so hard, too, because when, when you look at, like, the groups that are doing this, you can't uh, – like, it's just such a heavy topic, right? Yeah. Because obviously nobody wants the rhinos to be endangered and to go extinct and to be harmed and murdered just for their horns, right? Yeah. Or for whatever reason, it shouldn't happen. But then when you look at the people that are doing it, it, it just goes so beyond because, like, it, without that illegal activity – what sort of income or jobs are available to those people and then who are the people that are buying these things like why is it in demand it just but it's it's so i mean it's just it's illegal and it's like a black market situation and it it's almost yeah anyway i i don't want to get into like the politics of it but like yeah it just makes me really sad yeah they're gorgeous and it's so wild too that that not to tangent even more, but just to your point, like the the illegal black markets out there and just like the dark web, just the stuff that's out there is so crazy. So wild. I just feel like I'm living in this little bubble of bliss and ignorance when I hear what else goes on. I'm like, whoa, I thought I thought the world was a scary place before. I know. Have you ever just Googled the dark web? When I first learned about the dark web, I was like, how do you find the dark web? And so I like Googled the dark web. <laughs> Probably in my high school like library computer. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why is CVN who's in looking this at the class, dark web constantly Googling the dark web? <laughs> how do you find it? Computers. How do you find the dark web? I don't know that I want to find it, but I want to know how to find it just because I'm curious. Someone let us know. Mm. And also like let us know why you know that. Anyway, so that concludes the gore portion of the episode and leads us into the ghost section of this episode. Like I said. Perfect. The Keg Mansion is the most haunted restaurant in Toronto and is known to be haunted by Lillian Massey's beloved maid. Okay, so this story is a little bit of legend and lore. I don't know the the truth of it, but I will tell you as it is believed. Lillian Massey okay. was quite fond of her staff and they of her. She um, treated them really well and just, you know, it was a very symbiotic relationship. So when Lillian fell ill in 1915, the staff took it very hard and they were worried sick about her. On November 3rd, 1915, a doctor declared Lillian Massey's death and said, she's gone. He spoke those words, Mm -hmm. and in hearing them, one of Lillian's maids' hearts broke, shattered. She was so wrought with grief that, and here is the trigger warning 
for suicide, that she apparently walked out into the main hall, up the stairs of the vestibule, which today is near the second floor bathrooms, and fashioned a noose and then died by suicide, and the staff later found her (sighs) near the grand staircase. So there are a couple legends and beliefs in terms of why this maid was so overcome by Lillian's death. Some just say that she loved Lillian as a friend. Others say that perhaps she was having an affair with one of the married Massey men and was worried that it would be revealed with Lillian's death. The biggest hole in this story is actually the fact that Lillian Massey did not die in the Keg Mansion. She died in Santa Hmm. Barbara, California. So either this is completely legend and lore or perhaps the doctor still called the Massey Manor and said Lillian has passed. I don't know. I, I right. Don't know. Anyway. Do we know what she was doing in Santa Barbara? Because that is uh, quite the distance from Toronto. I did not look into that specifically. She was a she was a traveling woman. Yeah. Right. She had. I think she was. She had six, things going on. Sixty one when she passed away. Oh, that's so young. It's nineteen fifteen though, so you know, different time. But yeah. Regardless of what the story is and what the truth of the story is, the Keg Mansion is haunted by a female spirit. While her identity cannot be certain, we can be certain that good times and good food is not the only thing that is served at the Keg Mansion Steakhouse. There is an off-menu item of ghostly hauntings, and whether you order it or (laughs) not, you'll likely be served a healthy helping of it. There are countless customers and staff members with personal paranormal encounters at the Keg Mansion. Staff will see a spinning object moving towards the grand staircase. They call it the glimpse because ev- like so many people will get a glimpse of it. And then when they turn to look, they don't see anything. But people are convinced that it is the spirit of Lillian's maid and hmm. perhaps still like her residual energy um, right. after her death. So it's not... A- not a scary haunting, just one that people experience. Just yes, a, and perhaps sad. A glimpse. The glimpse. Of someone's spirit. Yes. Sad how she passed, absolutely. And sad with whatever she was going through that we don't very, quite very know fully the backstory. Yes. In 2015, Vice spoke with the general manager, Jen Anthony. I don't know if she's still the general manager, but Jen shared what it was like to work in Canada's most infamously haunted restaurant. She said basically at the time of this article that she was just dealing with this massive incident, as she called it, at the restaurant where they were fixing the ventilation and smoke just completely filled the entire restaurant. And she was certain that it was caused by the spirits. Like, I guess whoever was installing or redoing this ventilation was like, I cannot figure out what is happening to cause this. And Jen was like, it's the spirits. Like something paranormal, supernatural is at work here. Oh, it makes me think that they were trying to appear in the mist. Like you know? all, or maybe all like of the you ghosts just, just appeared as smoke. There were just so many. Yeah. I don't know. All huddled around. Like, what's going on? What's this? What's being worked what's on? What's happening? Well, I only say that because in the Omni Parker house, wait, no, Union Oyster house, yes. there was a fire and then there was a bunch of smoke that filled. Oh, yeah. And then when the servers walked back in a few years ago, Someone had seen JFK sitting at the bar. Yeah. So it's kind of where I was like, oh, they're going to appear in the, in the smoke. This is all their plan. That's actually cool. I, well, not the smoke part, but that ghost can just like use smoke to appear. Right. So in addition to the sightings of the maid by the staircase, there is the haunting of a little boy on the stairs. And it's interesting. There's two different experiences with this little boy. Some 
people who, like customers who come to the Keg Mansion who have children have the hardest time leaving because the kids will be playing with the little boy and they'll be like, mom, I cannot leave. I want to stay with the little boy. Like he's lonely. I want to keep playing with him. But then there's the opposite side of the coin where some families, their kids will come running up to the table in the middle of dinner, so terrified and like, we have to leave. I don't want to be here. The little boy is scaring me. So I don't know, maybe the little boy is like any kid. He has some people Hmm. he likes and some people he does not. And when he does not like those kids, he is mean. There's also a part of the staircase that apparently just falls off without any reason and will come very dangerously close to hitting people who are standing nearby. And Jen said, luckily no one's actually been harmed, just spooked. But Jen said that they replaced the specific piece of the stairwell. And a year later, the exact same piece fell on the exact same day. So Jen was like- What piece is it? I want to know where this thing is. Where I think it's like, there was a, some <sighs> description. I couldn't really visualize it. But like, I think there's like the railing up the grand staircase and there's like these spindles mm-hmm. almost uh, like underneath the banister. Oh, okay. My theory was perhaps that this- if it's connected maybe to the maid's death and this part of the stairs broke when she had died. And so every year on her anniversary of her death, it happens. Yeah. I don't know. That would make sense. That's so sad. It is. But don't worry, Corinne. The creeps do not end here. If you want a real scare, just go to the bathroom. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) The woman's restroom upstairs is apparently very creepy and there's said to be a creepy lady in there. Jen personally said she has not seen anything, but at least back in 2015, she hadn't. But she said there's definitely an unsettling vibe in that bathroom as if you're not alone. There was a customer who had gone into the washroom and apparently was like in a stall and saw a pair of feet in the stall next to her. And basically the toilet flush and the door to the stall opened and no one actually came out of it. And she was mm. this woman was in the bathroom by herself and was so unsettled by it and left the restroom and ran into Jen right outside. And Jen looked at this woman and saw genuine terror in her face. And oh my God, one of my favorite stories is about a secret tunnel that used to exist. Secret, secret tunnel. tunnel. I love you. I'm in my secret <laughs> tunnel phase. <laughs> Honestly, uh, that's pretty good. Thank you. If there's one thing you need to know about me, world, this is a PSA. I love secret tunnels, doors, rooms, and I love overalls. That's two things. But put them on my grave. Rest in peace, <laughs> Sabrina, lover of secret rooms, cats, and overalls. She lays. We just really need a photo of you in overalls. Holding a cat <laughs> next to a secret tunnel. And we'll frame it. She rests beneath I'll this frame tree. It. And then, yeah, put it on the, the tree. Mm-hmm. Sleeping eternally in every pair of overalls she ever, ever owned. That's, that's <laughs> all I mean. <laughs> How many pairs do you have? Um, technically, I'm wearing one. I, I'd have to count, but I at least have upwards of 10. Wow. Another thing I did not know about you. I'm really learning today. Overall phase. But it's like a lifelong phase. It's, it's not, not really a phase. It's, it's just not like, really a phase. I'm an overall gal. It's, I'm not. It's not a phase, mom. It's not You're a phase. You're just an overall girl. Overall girlies. Overall gal. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so this 
tunnel, secret tunnel, love tunnels. It connected from the manor to a nearby hospital, which at the time was called the Wellesley Hospital. It no longer exists today, but apparently they would use it to bring Lily and Massey between the home and the hospital without having to go outside. Mm -hmm. And then the tunnel has now been blocked off and the hospital no longer exists. But people believe that the spirits from the hospital, I don't know, maybe like wandered upon, found this uh, tunnel and were like, where does this go? And have started to go through the tunnel and make their way to the manor. And there's a lot of activity that happens right by this area of the blocked off tunnel. My gosh. Like a lot of spirits are just popping in saying, hello, what's this? What's going on? Who's eating steak? Do you want a ghost? I'm here. Hello. That kind of thing. Yeah. You know. This is tempting. You're making me really want to go here. I it does sound fun. Like it doesn't seem terrifying. It just seems uh, to me. It seems really. I don't know. And if you look at the interior design, Corinne, I think it, you're going to want to go even more. It has like the black and white marble tiled floor, a mm, lot of rich, nice little like penny reds tiles. and dark wo- woods, fireplaces. Yes, you know. Yeah. So all of these spirits are by the secret tunnel and pop in and serve some chills. And a lot of paranormal enthusiasts and psychics have come to visit the Haunted Keg Mansion and are all basically like, yes, something otherworldly is absolutely going on in this mansion. It's not just the maid. There are so many spirits here. And apparently there's a library. And Jen, this woman who used to be the general manager, was like, that room is the most terrifying room in this place. And she never knew why until a customer came in Apparently, it was someone from California who had a interest in the supernatural. And no, it was not me, even though I would love to go. And this woman was in the library with Jen and was like, there is a masculine energy in this room that hates women. And Jen's like, that's why I'm so uncomfortable in this room. Mm. That's just even more proof well, I guess we don't really need proof. We we know that this exists with like animals and people, like the intuition, the animal instinct, all of that. But it's just so wild to me that our bodies can respond to the vibrations yeah. and the energy around us. Even if we don't see anything, we just know. Just feel that, it. Yes. It's just incredible. We humans, I mean, just, yeah, we're capable of so much. Yeah. All the animals too. Yeah. Just such an interesting world. Ugh. God, it's so cool to exist, even though it's so painful it sometimes. <laughs> so I have a couple of stories from customers themselves. Um, Melanie Ellerby was dining with her husband when she said she encountered two different spirits. As she was dining, she said that she felt cold wisps on her arm that get, kept giving her goosebumps. She felt the light touches move onto her fingers and eventually to the back of her neck, which is just a little like unsettling because it's one thing to be touched one place but for it to truly Mm -hmm. move all the way from her tips of her fingers all Mm -hmm. the way to the back of her neck they're probably doing the like what what is it the spiders crawling up up your back back. spiders crawling up i love blood rushing down blood rushing down okay you can add to my grave my tree grave loves massages (laughs) big massage in your massage girl (laughs) energy lifelong (laughs) energy phase Okay, so Melanie, as this was happening, had a flash come through her mind of a woman who was young with blonde hair, a wide face, and blue eyes who wore her hair swept up and was wearing a light-colored blouse with a high neck and then a long, light-colored skirt. 
in this flash, she had the image of this woman standing behind her and continued to feel her presence throughout dinner. So the spirit clearly wanted her to know she was there and what she looked Mm -hmm. like. But why stand behind her for the entirety of this dinner? I know. That's weird. It is. Maybe she smelled really good (laughs) and the spirit just wanted to be within that smell or ordered her favorite dish, wanted to smell that. Can spirits smell? I don't know. Or maybe they were like relatives in some way. I don't know. Right. Or maybe this woman was on her phone the whole time and and the ghost is like, I'm into into some snooping. Like, what's the tea I can share (laughs) to everyone else later? (laughs) What's the tea? Laura D claims to have seen the ghosts of the children at the restaurant. There's some, I think at nighttime, children are not allowed at the keg, or I don't know if this is still a thing, but there was a period of time where that was the case. And she was like, this is weird. Why is there a little boy sitting on the staircase? And she kind of walks past him and it does a double take because she's like, I didn't think kids were supposed to be here. And when she turns back, the little boy is gone. During oh, another visit, Laura ghost boy. and her friend were at the second floor bar when they both heard the creepy sound of children running down the stairs. And when they looked to see, there was no one there. I love how you described it as the creepy sound of children running down the stairs because there's probably so many people who, when they hear children running, they're like, oh, how sweet. They're enjoying yes. life and they're playing. But we're like, it's creepy. I guess. Children moving about. Children, children laughing. How horrid. Horrid. I will. I probably because I knew where the, where it was going. But when you yeah. first hear it, perhaps it would not be creepy. It's creepy after the fact when you realize there's no kids there. The last story I will share is from Mia T. When um, she was in the women's bathroom alone at the keg mansion, but insists that she felt another presence with her the entire time. When she left the bathroom, she looked to the stairs and saw a woman dressed in a dark, beautiful, old-fashioned dress that was just looking at her. And Mia said hi, because that's what you do when you like stare at someone Mm -hmm. for a prolonged period of time. And she walked past this woman down the stairs, and then she kind of had like a, she got back to her table and was just like, that was a little weird why was she wearing that outfit so she asked her waiter and was like so what's like going on with this and the waiter was like um there are no female waitresses right now and no one who works here dresses up like that uh you probably saw a ghost which she probably did because that makes sense which makes me wonder too if there is an active haunting Are there spirits who passed away at another time period and have just observed so many years and decades at a certain place that they just dress up? Mm. They're like, today I'm going to be one of the waitresses from the early 2000s. And just like puts on their little ghost clothes and walks around and sees who says hi. (laughs) I would love to have a ghost wardrobe. That, That would be great. Wouldn't it? But I don't know how, I don't know how that works. I don't know, but I just picture it. I picture the Hannah Montana, or not even really the Hannah Montana closet. I'm picturing more like the, from Clueless, the like, <gasps> yeah, the wardrobe fixer thing. I did love Where it. Yes. ghosts can just, what should I wear? What are my yeah, options? And then they just, poof, it goes on to them. I would love that in current day life because sometimes I have trouble like what goes with what you know and like my brain is just like oh I hate all my clothes and I have a lot of them 
I feel that. I feel that way. Um, but if you have overalls, you only have to put on one thing. That's so true. That's so true, which is probably why I love them so much. And they're cute. <laughs> Effortless and chic. Ugh. God, love them. Overalls. Effortless and chic. <laughs> like the spokesperson for overalls. <laughs> Hire me, overalls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you're in the mood for some steak, um, some cocktails, and some ghosts, I highly recommend a visit to the Keg Mansion because their new catchphrase is not just see you tonight. It is a steak is a dish best served with a side of paranormal chills. And uh, Keg Mansion, you get, yes, you can use that. And um, I will request um, a fee, but uh, I am Some for hire. Compensation. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, you convinced me so much. I, I was about to ask a follow up of like, is that, is that really a slogan that they use? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it just sounded, it sounded so right for this so situation. You're saying I'm an actress and I'm convincing and I should. And a copywriter. Yeah. And, and a marketer. And a, and a B gal. <laughs> yeah. Ghost enthusiast. All of the above. All of the above. I can be many things. I don't have to be, don't put me in a box. No, you can be whatever you want. <laughs> No one, no one's putting you in a box. We're letting you flourish, float throughout like a queen the bee. Wind. This yes, is your wherever world. you want to go. Just shake your booty and get there. <laughs> <laughs> shake your booty. That's actually a good thing we should take from bees. You know, like when you want to change, when you just want to go somewhere, or when you want to have your friends over, or for them to come on a journey with you. Just shake your booty. Just shake your booty. I'm just going to start only. sending you. Um, Marco Polo's or videos of me, my butt shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the same. Okay. <laughs> you'll know what I want. You know, you'll know what I'm saying. Nothing That's else. That's our OnlyFans, actually. It's just us <laughs> shaking, shaking my overall booty, which is basically like not a butt because overalls do not help with the definition of my booty. No, but I like the way they look. Ugh, yeah, great, cute. Well, now that you've taken us on a tour of some of the best eateries of Toronto, <laughs> one of the best chains, I figured I'd, I'd take us into a house in Toronto, oh, okay. someone's haunted home. So lovely. I found a listener who uh, grew up in Toronto. Okay. So here we go. Great. It's called, doesn't every house have a cold room? <laughs> and for us, yes. 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 <laughs> because absolutely. there's always ghosts. Okay. Okay. Hey, ghosties, longtime listener. I shared a story a while back about my brother and his bedtime stories from our family home's friendly ghost. I did not mention our not so friendly ghost. Oh. So cozy up for some tea. So we're going straight to the not so straight friendly to the right tea. Now. Okay. Straight to the tea. Background info. My parents moved into a house on the outskirts of Toronto, Canada back in 1991. The house was built in 1870 Ooh. by a large milling family who all passed away there. Oh. We learned very early on that we had energies and spirits who welcomed us into the home. Oh, okay. Mostly. So that's nice. Well. Yeah, but then but then they added mostly. Dun, so. dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We love and have been protected by a spirit that we call Tweety. My parents found the diary of a family and the matriarch was Tweety. Aww. And the spirit has this energy. There is, however, another presence in the home, and it is heavy, and it feels male to me. 
Hmm. Growing up, my brothers and I would avoid going into the room that we coined the cold room. It's a large bedroom at the back of the house. It has the entrance to the attic and the closet to the back staircase, the servant staircase. It was the guest bedroom, and sometimes it was just storage. My brothers and I did not use it as our bedroom. We rarely went into it. The back corner felt dark even during the day, and I can feel the heaviness even as I type this. Some nights I remember waking up to the sound of harp music coming from that room, or knocking. Our living room slash dining room was directly below this room. In some evenings, we would hear heavy footsteps pacing back and forth. We would go up to see what was there, and it was always nothing. Of course. This cold room has its bigger stories. My parents used to host large groups of international students as an exchange program every March. One year, we had a group of energized preteens who thought it would be funny to try out a Ouija board in the cold room. No. Not in the cold room. I know. Anywhere but the cold room. Like, where's this Ouija board from, too? I'm curious. Was it just in the house or did someone bring it from home? Toys R Us. Ancient relic from some (laughs) other country. At the time, I was away at university. That night, I could not sleep. I remember waking to a tall, dark figure in my room (gasps) standing at my door. I thought it was my roommate's boyfriend, and I literally said, Perry, go. I'm sleeping. I called my parents the next morning, and they told me what had happened. My mom told me that it was as if there was this battle happening in the house. The second the kids started to play, doors slammed closed. It was like a scene from a movie. My mom was downstairs by the front doors with one of the teachers, and they both got knocked over by a wind slash energy stop knocked over front door opened and then closed my mom called our friends immediately and got the house saged and blessed that very night one more story about the cold room this one freaks me out the most after my grandma passed away we moved my grandfather into our home he was 95 and his room was the cold room poor poor grandpa Uh, poor granddad why did you do that to him (laughs) After a year, granddad started telling my mom and I about his visitors. We thought nothing of it at first because he was showing signs of dementia. The stories kept coming. He came down and said, do you know who that dame is in my room? She's holding on to that baby and I'm not sure it's alive. She keeps offering me a sandwich. Now this sat differently. Tweety spoke in her diary of having a stillborn child. And the way my granddad described the dame, oh, I have chills. I'm pretty sure it was Tweety. Oh, my gosh. The second my granddad went back upstairs, my mom and I looked at each other with wide eyes. The next time my granddad came down, he said, that man won't stop staring at me. I then asked him, what man? And he replied, the man who sits in the corner. Nope. Granddad ended up in a retirement home not too long after, and he passed away a year after that. I stayed in the cold room with my two young sons while our house was being renovated. The first night, I had eyes on me, and we all know I saged that shit (laughs) hard. And despite that, I felt it. Not super strong, muted almost. The scariest thing happened during the day. I laid down with my eight-month-old and my four-year-old to have a nap. I turned off the iPad that we were watching. It was a show about a ladybug superhero. We all fell asleep. 
until I was awoken by the theme song of the show that we were watching that I had 1000% turned off. The boys would not sleep if it were left on. The iPad turned back on by itself. Mm. No one was home. I called my husband immediately and said, I would not stay here another night. (laughs) We were supposed to go home the next day and he came early. So that's my cold room story. Thank you for keeping me entertained and company during my momcations away from home, aka the grocery store. (laughs) See you on the other side, Char. Okay, Char. There is so much happening in this cold room. I don't even know where to start. Okay, let's start with the Ouija board experience. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, I mean, so much energy was just like buzzing through that room, but it almost feels like all of the ghosts that are in the house were like, get me out. And they all like swarming out of the house while this dark energy was coming in. Right. Yeah, you're right. It does kind of feel like chicken with a head cut off sort of energy. Like opening the doors, closing that, doors, getting out. Yeah, that's what's confusing because it does kind of feel like poltergeist energy with like the being knocked back with the, the wind and the slamming of the doors. But the fact that the front door opened as if something went past it and exited, yeah. it makes me curious who who or what that is. Who needed the opportunity of a Ouija board to somehow, I don't know, like strengthen them or what does the Ouija board do or what did it do in this moment that instigated this amount of chaos and for a spirit or maybe multiple spirits to seemingly leave? Or was it a bunch of spirits entering? (laughs) Yikes. I don't know. I mean, this is, again, why I wish that sometimes I wish that I just had the ability to see all the spirits because I would have loved in that moment just to be Mm -hmm. there and just see what was happening to know what was going on. Oh, okay. Normally you're the one that with the Harry Potter references, mm-hmm. but I have I have a thought. I would love to hear it. You're going to have to fill it in though cuz I I have limited information when okay. it comes to Harry Potter. But you know when at the end when they do like the big battle and it's all of Hogwarts and they're like people are dying and they're trying to fortify yeah. Hogwarts and then what's his name? The Voldemort. Yeah. The one who shall not be named. Which and is also all what of my the mom other people, Draco's parents. My mom calls her ex-boyfriend Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. There we go. There we go. And you dressed up as him. So there, there, we, there go. we go. Sorry. Keep but going. it's reminding me of that where it's like, what if the Ouija board was basically Voldemort coming? Oh. Like it was the opportunity for darkness to come in. <gasps> and so all of the spirits of the house were like, assemble. And they were Force all slamming doors shut. Everybody had a role. Someone was out in the yard, like mm. waiting for some darkness to come. Like they, they were defending. Like they have this house. It's kind of like when you're growing up, your parents put together like a fire escape plan. The ghosts have a mm-hmm. Ouija board plan that they put into action immediately. Yes, yes. I, I love that idea. This is I Ouija feel board like this unite. Sense. Ouija board unite, especially with someone like Tweety in the house, right? Like Love she's Tweety. the matriarch. She's got a plan for everything. Uh, Tweety, she's holding like, we are not going to have bad vibes here. Tweety holding the baby, and for Shar's grandfather to be like, I'm not quite sure the baby's alive, is so heartbreaking because that means that Tweety was just like clutching this poor child, and so heartbreaking. Right. And the fact that Tweety, while doing that, is offering a sandwich. <laughs> Right. She's still being this Motherly. extremely warm, caring, yeah. caring, comforting matriarch of the family too, right? Like this should yeah. be something that rips people's souls out and makes them 
feel like they can't continue. And for so many people, that is the experience. But Tweety is practicing going through her grief while also still being someone that she feels comfortable being, which is this person who cares about others and just wants everyone around her to feel good and happy and fed. I'm God, Tweety is so nice. And I'm also like, what but kind of sandwich? So much. What, what kind of sandwich, right. Tweety? I would I love know, a sandwich. What kind of sandwich do you want? Ghost. Because I'm sure she'll make you whatever you want. <laughs> a ghost sandwich. I just, that's fascinating. And then this dark entity that's in the cold room. I'm curious if it's related to, because it sounds like a lot of people did die in this home and perhaps not everyone in that family was positive and good and maybe someone crossed over holding onto a lot of grudges and built anger and resentment. And that's mm-hmm. why there's that dark energy and just sits there and stares a bit callous and maliciously. Or is it just because there's so much paranormal activity in this home and it opened up this space for something negative? I don't know. What if there was some darkness that had come in the first time someone played a Ouija board uh-huh. in this house? And they don't know when that was because the house was built in the eighteen late right. 1800s. And yeah. they didn't move in until 1991 or whatever the yeah. date was. So what if this was the plan of the spirits, which was like, there was this one dark entity and they were like huddled up together, whispering without him being like, next time the portal opens, we're kicking him out. We're getting rid of him. I love to think of that. So what if that was it? They were all slamming the doors. They're pushing him out, shoving him through the front door. I I would love to think that the only part that makes me think that that's not the case or that they didn't succeed is that Char later did stay in that room and still experienced. Felt eyes on yeah. her. Yes. Said ne- negativity. Yep. Though the the show turning back on, I almost view as like a child spirit being like, I want to, I liked that show. Right. Like, oh, what's this It's about? a bit more pleasant. And that, that doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's scary in the moment, but hearing it, I'm like, it doesn't feel or sound malicious in my opinion. Right. It also could be Tweety, right? That's true. You know, like, uh, like a motherly figure who sees how much the children enjoy watching the show and then not realizing that the iPad was turned off. It's like, oh, let me put it back on yeah. for the kids. Also, hey, give children's show credit. Kids shows are delightful. I don't even know what's on these days, but I'm looking forward to watching them <laughs> in the future. Because I feel like a lot of people, I know that there's Bluey because yes. I see that. What's the truck? People one? talking about that. The what? There's like trucks. There's a truck one that people really like. Oh, I don't know. And then there's a, what's the pig one? I don't know. I've seen like clips of them with Jill and. Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. I've seen like little clips from being around Abby and Kate. Yeah. But yeah. But then it's like part of me also wants to watch the shows from our childhood, which, uh, I know. you know, there were definitely episodes of Arthur and wild thornberries that should not have been appropriate for children to watch. I was, I'm still scarred by some of them. They're so scary. Yeah. Teletubbies terrified me. Oh, so did Barney. Also Barney. Te- also nightmare scary. inducing. But Teletubbies was extra freaky to me because my dog growing up wrinkles mm-hmm. would never, ever, acknowledge technology look at the at the tv there could be dogs barking on the television he wouldn't react like really? the tv wasn't there oh okay if the teletubbies <gasps> were on sitting watching Brindles. i'm like oh what kind of like like mes- mesmerized is this oh mesmerized wrinkles what so i'm like you are know? you a teletubby <laughs> reborn like did you come from teletubby world teletubby world are, is this like an E.T. phoning home situation for you, Wrinkles? I'm curious. It was weird. 
But I really want to drink that pink slime that came out of their slushy machine. Oh, I want that so bad. <laughs> I don't think I remember that. My goodness. Oh, I'm gonna stuck with me. Google that. And then I'll also Google the dark web and uh, let you know if I find anything. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Until make sure then. to put on your, your VPN. Don't let anyone know where it, I Incognito. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Incognito browsing. Uh, until then, everyone, please email us your, I don't know what, until when, I don't know. But uh, until next time, uh, email us your paranormal encounters if you've seen any spirit, if you have experienced anything paranormal, cryptid, alien, just email to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We can't wait to read them and um, follow us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We have awesome Facebook groups. Uh, we have a book club, um, a coven, Discord, YouTube channel. I, I don't know. We have so many platforms. The Patreon. web continues. My gosh. There's so much. We're taking over so the much. interwebs. Yes. Gotta love the internet. Um, we love you. We love you. And we also love our editors. <laughs> Yes. Thank you, editors Aiden Manning, Max Lodian, Eric Foster, the whole team of Fire Digital. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you on, on the, the other, other side. side.